for me now, it's just like, yeah, like I know I'm worth it. I know my worth. Like I'm going to, I know my worth, okay? So like I am going to ask for it. And if you don't ask, you don't get. TTYA Talks, the podcast. Welcome to season two of TTYA Talks, the podcast. Whew. What a lineup we have for you guys this season. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. For returning guests, you know the vibes, you know the energy. I'm your host, Irene TTYA, and I started this podcast as a safe space to inspire, motivate, and allow you to listen to real, true, authentic stories from women who are pioneering in the creative industries and sports. So guys, you know every week we need to be focused. And today we've really got Team Tall Girls in the building My guest has had an incredible 15-year career in the fashion industry. She was scouted at 15 and shot to fame in 2007 and has been gracing covers and catwalks for designers ever since. She's the first black British model to make the Forbes model rich list because, guys, you know she's cashing checks. You know she's focused. Supermodel, supermother. I'm excited to introduce to you guys Jordan Dunn. Hi, JD. Welcome to TTYA Talks, the podcast. How are you? I'm good, my love. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm so excited to get into things from, with you because I think you've been such an icon um, through the industry. You've you're coming strong with your black girl magic. You've been <laughs> such an inspiration to some of us. Thank you. And like, whenever I see you at an event, I always j- automatically drawn to you because I'm like, I've got someone I can see at island. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same, you know? yeah, we're on the same wave, same Team there. Team Tall Girls for yeah. life. Team Tall Girls always. for life. Um, so with everybody, I always say, let's be focused. Let's start at the beginning. Um, talk to us about your West London roots, like your school, your fa- early family life um, and where you grew up, basically. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in, I always say I grew up in Ealing because whenever I say Greenford, people don't know Greenford, but it is in Ealing, the borough of Ealing, um, with my mom, my two younger brothers. And I just had, I had such a great childhood. I can't even lie. Like, I was, we was like outside enjoying life on our bikes, just riding around, like having our house was like the house that every kid wanted to go and play with, like go in the garden and play. Cause we had like swings and it was like a park. So everyone would come to our house and play and even like going to my cousins and making up, you know, I feel like the typical black experience of making up dance routines with your cousins and showcasing it to everybody and just then having sleepovers and like on the mattress on the floor and just yeah man it was like good vibes I really enjoyed my childhood for sure school on the other hand I didn't really enjoy I did up until a point when I would say year five year four year five I started to not really enjoy school from just this new girl came and she just kind of, I was just like friends with everybody and she kind of just like turned everyone against me, made up a crazy rumor that like I was pregnant. I was like, wait, how can I even be like, what? Like it was just, it was just crazy stuff for like, because all because I, my house got flooded and I had to move away for like six months. So then they put two and two together for, oh yeah, Jordan's pregnant with a baby. I was like, wait, what? So like, yeah, I didn't really enjoy school. And then going into secondary school, I was looking forward to like starting afresh. But then those same girls went to my secondary school and then basically, yeah, made my first few months of year seven a nightmare by then going to an older girl in year nine saying that I called her a bitch. And then I remember like 
these girls, I was in the like lunch, I was in the cafeteria and these girls come up to me and they're like, did you call me a bit? I'm like, what? No. And then I see on the corner, like the two girls saying, yes, she did. And I was like, oh mate, this is just a t- headache. So then after that incident, I actually got homeschooled for like half of year seven. And then I had to, my mom had to like appeal to get me to another school. So like from then, like I just didn't, re- I wasn't here for school. I wasn't here for people. I just kept myself to myself and yeah, it's kind of like still is with me. I do keep myself to myself. I was thinking one of the good things that, that, you know, you kind of kind of stressed about was more like how your mum kind of came in and was just like, okay, cool, I'm going to homeschool you. I'm going to like take the ch- take charge yeah. and, and kind of move you schools. How important has your mum and having that kind of black female lead role been in your life? Oh, mate, so important. Like my mum to me, I've like she's the blueprint for me. Like I've always looked up to my mum just because she was she's so independent and just didn't ask nobody for nothing. She just got on with it, did what she had to do, provided what we needed and what we wanted. Just a real boss. And I was like, yeah, when I grow up, like I just want to be just like my mum. And in a way, that has served me. But then I realized as I'm getting older, it's like I don't think my mum chose to be that independent like I think she probably would have liked to have some help and like for me Mm. I'm now starting to realize it's we all need help (laughs) like it's okay to ask for help and we all need help like I'm now realizing like right actually my mom probably would have liked to have some help but she had two whatless baby fathers so she had to do it herself (laughs) so she had to do it but now yes and now for me adult Jordan is like you know what help is needed we, we do need help and it's okay to ask for help I love that you touched on that because I think it's so important, especially as black women as well. Like sometimes we're always made to feel like we've got to carry the world yeah. on our shoulders. Like like we're always trained to be in survival mode always. or survival by yeah. any means necessary. Yeah. So it's like you, you don't even feel like, oh, how do I ask for help? And I think that's been a little bit of a detriment to me too. Like when I first came into the industry, because even things that I didn't know, I was scared to say, oh, I, I don't know. Or right. like, I'm not sure how to do it. Or can you help me? It was always like, oh, I got this. I can figure it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, like independent but sometimes it works to your detriment it's not always a it's not always a positive thing and you know I did read about you kind of coming up in like quite a big Caribbean household like how did that kind of that culture kind of offset how you kind of grew up as well I lived really like I would live with my mom and my brothers but then like my grandma my mom's grandma so my great gran like that was like my second home and like having her in my life another woman another strong independent woman to feed off on was really good to me like showing me how you know just to always have manners to be kind to others to yourself always cooking food just little things like that just has always is imprinted in me roots and culture sis that's what I yeah. like to call it roots and roots culture, and culture man. <laughs> so let's get into the beginning of kind of like you getting into the industry all read the stories how you were scouted in pre-mark in was it like was it Hammersmith mm-hmm. pre-mark that you got scouted in yeah so tell us about the beginning of the beginning days of Jordan Dunn launching into this big bad world of fashion <laughs> the big bad well yeah like when I got so around the time I got scouted I have been that was around the time when like American Next Top Model was about and like I loved that show and that's when I started to think wow maybe I can actually do this because before then I would always get told I should be a model and I think because I was not accepting of myself 
I wasn't ready to, whenever, whenever, when anyone said, said that, I'll be like, no, I don't want to be a model. Like, you're just saying that because I'm tall and skinny. And I was so against how I looked. I was just like, nah, I don't want to, I just, no, I'm not comfortable with myself. I just, triggered. yeah. Triggered. Yeah. It's triggered. triggered. <laughs> exactly. It's a trick. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, no, no, no. And it wasn't until I started watching it. And then my mom's like, Jordan, you can do this. And I was like, oh, maybe I can. So then I remember I first got scouted actually um outside of junior jam choice Ben junior jam in hammersmith and it was from yeah first got scouted i think it was a scout from i want to say next or so yeah i think next anyway went down there i was super excited and i thought like this is it like that's how it happens you just get scouted once boom like you're gonna just be a model things are gonna be popping up only to, for them to tell me that i wasn't right for them so I was just like, think in my head, I was like, what do you mean? It's not like you came to me. I was just minding my own business, ready to rave <laughs> for choice of them. And you came to me, which means I'm, you're not, I'm not right for you. So like, that was a hard blow for me. Like, I was just like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. But my mom was like, Jordan, she told me the story of Tyra. She's like, remember, listen, remember Tyra got like rejected like 11 times and she still kept going like you wasn't right for them that's okay you might be right for somebody else I was like yeah cool whatever and then it was when I was in Primark with my friends and I got scouted and I knew the agency it was Storm and I was like oh my god like they have big models they have Kate Moss they have Lily Cole like they have this is like legit called my mum and then yeah it was just went down there and straight away they wanted to sign me so that was exciting and it was cool and it was at a time where it was like starting to think what am I going to be doing after school like am I going to be doing going to college sixth form and like because I there was nothing really that I wanted to do apart from performing arts but I was like listen this is like a life experience that you that doesn't get taught in school and my mom fully backed and she's like this is like you need to do this education will always be there you can go back to education to your 50 60 50 whatever like this is an opportunity that you need to take so I was like bye guys I'm gonna go and be a model and yeah but um it was tough though because nowadays I was just thinking about the other day like girls don't go into models apartment anymore like I had to go and live in New York at 17 and live in a model's apartment. And that was like my first experience of the world and different cultures and different people. And that made me realize like people, girls can be nasty. Like I grew up in a Caribbean household. Like as you grew up in an African household, like you clean, like girls, you're, you clean, you cook, you do, you're supposed to like keep shit tidy. But when I was surrounded by different people, I was like, wow, this is an eye opener this I just don't like it here <laughs> I just that's I just don't like it here I just want to like do what I got to do so I don't have to live in this environment and be in my own environment so that kind of did push me to want to like make sure that I'm working getting jobs so I could then like live in my own apartment or at least have a have a choice of where I want to be so model apartments are quite tough and I remember like when I spoke to Neelam and Leomi Anderson on season one them talking about like eating tin food and just like really like it being a real dog eat dog kind of world because you're in an apartment with essentially people that you're also competing with with the same for the same jobs what was maybe some of the biggest reality checks when you kind of were thrust into the whole model apartment world um I think that people don't know how to cook because <laughs> I was always like chefing up in the kitchen and I would just see like my like I didn't have to worry about space like whose space because it was just all covered with all of my food all of my spices everything 
Um, so that was really big to me. I was like, raw people actually, okay, don't know how to cook or don't want to cook or don't want to eat. I don't know what it was, but that was for me, like a big shock for me. Um, also, I guess I'm so blessed that I am super, I have, I'm super close to my mum. So I, even though I was away from her, I still, I was connect, I was still very much connected and I still had her guidance. Like it was, I realized that a lot of these girls don't have any guidance and they're just out here by themselves and trusting their agents. And you know, you do, lucky for me, my agents have become like family, but at the end of the day, you do need to be around people that have your best interests at heart. That's for you. Because at the end of the day, they are for you to an extent, but then they, they need you to make money. But you, It's money. It's money. Mm-hmm. So they care to an extent. Like, they want you to get that job, even if it means, like, even if it means not eating for two weeks because they need to lose weight on their face. So I saw a girl who was just on an apple diet. I was just like... What? Like, if she had someone close to her, like her mum or anyone, like, would be like, no, we can do this the right way, the healthy way. So that, for me, was an eye shocker. Like, just, like, making sure, for me, that I surrounded by people that generally have my best interests at heart. And also that I... And also, it starts from within me. Like, I want to make sure that I, I have to look after me. So you were kind of thrust in at quite an early age because that's quite young, 17 in New York, like being in the Big Apple, that's quite intimidating, yeah. to be honest. Like yeah. even figuring out the Metro and all yeah. that, I can just imagine like being that young. Because I didn't go, I went to, I was a bit of a late bloomer, I'm not going to lie. So I didn't go to New York till I was like maybe 23, 24, which is quite late. But also like that's a big gap between being 17. Like how did you kind of learn how was the independent side of it for you? Yeah, um, it was okay. It, it was good actually because I mean I've always been independent and done my own thing, and I and also I had a chaperone, so it wasn't like they were like, "Here you go, here's the metro map, figure out for yourself." And I'd be like, "Huh?" Like I had a chaperone, and that who was like maybe a few years older than me, so that was like cool to have someone that is like around the same age and can vibe and get vibe with and get to know, but um. I feel like I've always been defending for myself. Like even like going back from my childhood, like my mum would be working. I would then like pick my brothers up from school. We'll go home together and I would like start dinner. And so for me, it wasn't like a huge leap. The difference is it was just that I'm just in a different country. And Mm. yeah, so luckily like how I grew up, it like I had the independence of being the older sister and defending for myself and other people from a young age. So it ha- did help me. And also another thing about being quite young is that you started, and I ha- I, we touched upon this conversation when I was speaking to Leomi last season, it was just like, you start making money um, from an early age. Maybe not the amount that people think that you're making because yeah. a lot of some editorial shoots and things like that, you don't actually get paid mm-hmm. to do, but you do actually start coming into money um, at quite a young age. Who are maybe some of the people that, really helped you and advising on your finances and like the best way to kind of like invest and save towards things that you wanted yeah my mum for sure I say that but then at that age like I remember I get I got my first big check at 15 and it was 5k and I thought I was rich (laughs) I was like yo I am rich and I made that 5k stretch like I really thought I I made it stretch like I was like yeah I'm trying to keep this amount looks very nice in my car. I like seeing different zeros. So like that's with another number. So like I was like made that stretch. But my mum always has told me to like Jordan invest, do this. But I didn't listen at that time. 
Like, I really wish that I did. But I kind of just was just like, yeah, I'm just making being money. Being young and carefree. Yeah, just being young <laughs> and carefree. But I'm happy that my mom was on top of things and making sure, like, because, yeah, it takes long for clients to pay. And, like, my mom was, like, on top of it, like, always on their case, making sure, like, where's my daughter's money, seeing their statements, making sure. Because, yeah, the one important thing is that you need to know what you're spending your money on and not think... You think in the beginning when you're starting, it's like, oh, wow, they've put me up in this place and I've got a driver. Like, no, babe, like, that's all you. You're eventually... They're they're recouping those funds. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) just know where your money is going. And I would definitely highly would recommend an accountant and a lawyer. Like, those things are super duper important. Because for me, Mm. I got to... I, like, kind of got... Had the luxury of, in New York, my agency looked after my taxes so they was able to sort it out but in the UK I thought that that was the same case but it wasn't until I got hit with this crazy crazy tax bill and I was like wow 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 and because I wasn't saving my mum was always like Jordan save but I wasn't saving I was just living my life I was just like kind of just like wow this is just mad so I would say like my advice would be definitely find a good accountant and lawyer separate to your agency because again their best best interest is them. You need to have someone for you and ask questions. Like, don't be scared to ask questions because it is your career. Mm. It is your money. I remember feeling like whenever I did start asking questions, like I wasn't supposed to. And I like, yeah, I I remember, I remember feeling like I'm not actually, am I actually supposed to ask this? Cause then like, they were surprised. I guess they were just like, wait, why is she asking questions? Like, but you need to. Mm. But that's also part of the tactic, though, isn't yeah. it? That's also part of the tactic in them, like... And it's good, and it's so interesting that you said that because I agree that like, you definitely need to make sure that you have your own independent adjudicator definitely. just to make sure that everything's balance, balancing up and that there's no T's and C's behind yeah. it. Like, there's nothing that you're paying for that you don't actually really realise that you're paying yeah. for. So I think it's something that is definitely, definitely important. Facts. I want to talk a little bit about, like, the last year because I feel like it's been quite taxing Mm. on us um as a culture as a community um and there's something that I read that kind of that you had spoken about that really kind of stood out to me anyway and you had made a comment along the lines of like London is not a white city so why do our catwalks look so white Mm -hmm. um and you've been really successful on social media about kind of speaking out about representation and calling out on like kind of ignorance about working with like models of color like do you have um I want to talk to you a little bit more about like sometimes I think it is quite difficult and I want to stress this is that sometimes you feel like am I the only person that should be speaking about this or sometimes you do feel like I am the only person so it's like a bit like you're you're carrying that weight of like well no one else is speaking Mm. about this but I'm sure there's pretty there's a lot of us that are also going through the same thing and then you kind of become the go-to spokesperson for it and then now it's like now all your conversations become about race and back of house at shows and blah 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 I really wanted to kind of like talk to you a little bit about that because you know yes diversity has always been an ongoing issue but I think for us this is something that has been our everyday lives it isn't just like in the last year where like you know Black Lives Matter has become like kind of at the forefront of media you know what has been some of your experiences back of house and what has always kind of pushed you to like really stand out and speak up for what you believe in well I think it's just because I have a mouth I have a platform and I think it's important that I speak for myself and others who don't have that platform to be able to. 
But also the funny thing about that quote that you um, mentioned, that wasn't even my quote. Like that was Kelly Osborne. Mm. And then they said that. They're like, Kelly Osborne said this. Da, da, da. Do you agree? And I'm like, yeah, it's true. Da, 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 da. Isn't it? Right. So then obviously they ran with that. And then I then was just by default was like the, the face of speaking out, which I didn't mind because like, I'm all for bringing awareness. I'm all, I'm all for it. But then during that time, it wasn't like now where everyone is using their platform to speak up. It was a time where people were scared to speak up. And then I started to a little bit resent a bit and started looking at people sideways and being like, rah, like I'm like, cause I would get messages and people be saying, Oh my God, Jordana, yeah, you're right. And I feel the same. I'm like, well, bitch, why don't you say something? But I understand like fair mm. people don't want to tread on toes. People want to still be, have this, want to be accepted by casting directors, this person, designers, this, that. For me, I didn't see that. I just wanted to speak my truth and mm. use my platform. What I love now is that people are using it and everyone's speaking up, which is a beautiful thing. But I was, but I'm now looking at people, but where were you back then? But it's fine. It's cool. But, um, <laughs> I know, I fully know, like, I fully get it. Like, since that was me when people was posting black squares, but then would also be telling me that, oh, those parties that you throw are too ghetto. We don't really want black people in these venues, but yeah, everyone was posting black squares. Yeah. So since I was also side eyeing. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good. I'm just happy that people are now using the platform. It's just funny because I got to the stage where I was like, I just don't want to really talk about it anymore because I feel like you're oxing the wrong person. Like, I, yes, bringing awareness is going to happen, but like maybe speak to the people who actually, who have, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't have power because if your voice is power, but who can really make moves, like who can really change. So that was kind of frustrating. I was like, okay, I'm kind of done talking about it. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing that now that we... Oh. One of the important um, messaging for me around that whole kind of black square posting was that this is great, but we really want your back of house to reflect you guys posting on social media. So yes, you can employ, you can have more black models on your covers. And yes, you can now be speaking about woke culture. And yes, you can be speaking about hip hop and R&B and embracing our blackness and embracing our culture. Yeah. But does your behind the scenes exactly. also reflect that? Exactly. You know, that's is key. your CEO diverse? Is your top tier paneling diverse? And that's where I think I found, I really struggled yeah I didn't want to be like oh this brand's doing this or you are take you're being a hypocrite but also it was a bit like okay front of house this is great guys but how do we make sure that this is this is real behind the scenes yeah you know and yeah. I guess you guys your whole job involves also working behind the scenes hair makeup lighting yeah. the people who are shooting you photographers you know so is that also being reflected in this black square that you're posting or is it all just for okay let's just give them what they want to keep them quiet for yeah. now and then really we're going to be doing what we're doing anyway what we've been yeah. doing for all of these years yeah you know, you know no you know what like last year it was the first time that like I had a week and I was shooting with black creatives in like my whole like 15 years of in this industry. That was like, I had a week of back to back shooting with black creatives. And I was like, this is amazing. But then also this is a bit performative. Yeah. It was a bit like, oh, wow, it had to take, I mean, I get it. It has to take a breakdown before we get a breakthrough. I get that. But then I'm just like, wow, like, 
Really? But also when now, when I have the creative direction of I can get to choose who I want, I always make sure that I'm bringing somebody else on, black young creators. Like, I think that's important to just bring people along with you, 100%. The word Jordan done is a business for your marketing that you did with like your collection of Marks and Spencers, like with your son, which we'll speak about in a little bit. But it is a business. And I think being a successful woman in business can be quite tough because people might not see you and see a brand. Like, is there any advice that you could maybe give for like asking for what you want? Because I feel like sometimes within our community, it's to our detriment. Like we don't even, we feel like I should just be lucky to be here. Not even like, okay, let me actually ask for the pay that I deserve or the money that I deserve yeah no you're right yeah 100 like even for me now it's just owning my voice and and saying jordan you are 100 worth what you're asking or no you know you're worth like i remember remember i came up like the girls that i came up with like my my like my best friends in the industry cara and carly like i know for a fact that their rate was different to my rate even though we came up the same and we were doing the same jobs. And that, like, when I think about it, I'm like, that is so fucked up. Like, what really mm-hmm. make, what, what is the difference really and truly? But clearly the difference is the skin tone. So it's like, for me now, yeah. But for me now, it's just like, yeah, like, I know I'm worth it. I know my worth. Like, I'm going to, <laughs> I know my worth. Okay. So like, I, I'm going to ask for it. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Like, I, I used to see girls, like, even if it's just little things, like, I remember backstage at shows and, like, Chanel Oman, she would always, if she didn't like something, like, with her hair and makeup, she would tell them or say, like, I would normally just, like, hold it in and then just be in the bathroom and try and change it or da 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 because I didn't want to offend anyone. Like, there's ways of doing things. But, like, seeing her do that, I was like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, I am a brand. And I need to look look a certain way. And if you have me looking all fucked up, I have to say it in a way so that's not going to be disrespectful. But I need to make sure that I'm on point and I look good and da-da-da. So same goes for asking for what you want. And I just believe if you don't ask, you don't get. And the worst thing they can say is no. Okay, cool. On to the next, like, you know what you're saying? Well, like, at least you ask. At least you yeah. ask, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even for me, like, mm-hmm. that's something, it's, it's like a muscle that you have to just keep on training and, like, getting used to doing yeah agreed so what is success to you ah success to me (laughs) tough one (laughs) yeah because like when I was younger I guess it was just how many shows I was walking in if I was going to open and close how many covers campaigns da 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 and now that I'm older it's like really like realizing like micro goals are also very very important and successful like that's success like waking up at 5 a.m is success for me yeah like little things for myself like wake up at five or doing my meditation when I'm not really feeling like doing it or not popping off when I want to pop off or even bigger things like the ha- like the house that I put house I'm in I've like provided a home for myself and my son getting my son into school paying for my mum's bills and being able to provide like those things that's what success is and then also being happy is success for me being in a healthy relationship, being, yeah, happiness is key. And also like peace of mind is so key. And so like, that's like my goal now. Like before it used to be, I just want to be happy. Now is I just want peace because peace equals freedom and freedom is everything. So like, yeah, peace of mind. I just want a peace of mind. 
Hashtag triggered. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, you spoke just a little, you just touched on your son. Um, and I think a lot of us have had the privilege of kind of seeing him grow on mm-hmm. social. That every time I see him, his limbs are getting longer. And I'm like, he's literally Mate. your replica. I know. Like, how did you manage balancing like career versus motherhood? Because I can just imagine that that must have been really difficult for you at the beginning. Yeah. You know what? Not even diff. I mean, difficult because I just felt like I was missing out on vital moments. My mom made it so easy. She was just there, like my support system, my mom and my agency, just knowing that I'm a mother first and that's my priorities and supporting me with that. So I think it's really important. They have allowed me to have the balance of work life and motherhood. And a lot of people don't have that support system. So like, I'm blessed in that way that the fact that I have, I had that and my mom was able to, she was just like, Jordan, do what you got to do. Don't worry about Raddy. He's good. I'm here. I'm holding it down. Go and do what you have to do. If it has to be for three months or this, that, like Raddy is good. There's FaceTime. There's this. Do what you got to do. It's fine. But then it comes, what was hard for me was just that guilt. It was the guilt that was hard. Just mom feeling, guilt. Yeah. But I say even like enjoying the fact that I was enjoying the space that I was in if I was in New York, in my in an apartment in New York, like feeling guilty for that. But I was like, no, actually, now I know, like, I, I can't be guilty about it. Like, I need to have, me time is very much important. And I need to be my best me for order for me to be the best mom to Riley, the best partner to my fiance. To I need to make sure that I'm good. So like, I would kind of feel guilt. Yeah, I think guilt was the thing that was the struggle for me with balancing and you've always been quite open about like um riley struggles with like sickle cell um and you posted a really quite an emotional caption on instagram and you know i think it's for me it's always nice when you get to see a little bit more than just a highlight because sometimes with social media always makes you feel like you see the best of people yeah. where you were actually putting your open like wound on the internet for people to be able to relate to um and you've kind of done a lot of charity work around like even just getting bl- um black um blood donors and you know and that thinks definitely something that's important to our community because enough of us don't give blood and it's like well we need it so yeah. we need to give it yeah. um why has kind of like sickle cell been such an, an important topic for you to kind of speak about publicly i mean my son he i live with it every day he has it he lives with it every day i i have a first-hand experience with it and i think because there isn't that much awareness of it and there isn't really like people you can't tell when someone has sickle cell like you can tell when someone has other illnesses so sometimes i think to myself is that the reason why people are not that i'm not that i don't want to say interested in but people don't know because that you can't see it physically physically mm. see it so with that post you're talking about like i was like kind of battling myself like should i do i do but i'm like no like i'm saying that my son has sickle cell this is what it looks like him in hospital having blood transfusions like this is what it looks like and i was then i had a moment of like wow like it was someone's like selfless act of actually donating taking their time to donate that's going to get my son feeling better so I, it was just sort of showing and again bringing awareness and um yeah man i feel like if i again if i have a platform i should be able to use it to speak for other people other like sickle cell warriors that and other people who are just not aware of it. Yeah, I love that. You just 
just touched on your relationships and being in the best mental space for your partner. And you've kind of spoke, been more open a little bit more recently about like mental health battles and obviously where we've been in lockdown and like confined to small spaces. Like maybe how do you inject some happiness in your day to day life? What are some of Jordan's tips and tricks? <laughs> um, honestly, wake like like waking up at 5am has been like so vital to me like I realized that what was missing in my life was just real structure and discipline and so like waking up at five every morning has been that and just using that time for just me like fully focusing on me so in that time I do my meditation, I do my I do any workouts, I write my journal, I'm reading just anything Jordan related that's that time for me and that really helps me to set my intention for the day for the week and just gives me that that jump leap into the day and yeah like if if I don't get anything else done on my list at least I can say you know what today I had a moment for myself where I was meditating I was doing some stretches I was doing skipping da, 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 like that and then that that does bring joy to me because it's something for me and nobody else I don't hear no Jay where's this or mom where's that like it's just silence it's just me and myself and I which I love and then I'm ready to face the world but what is kind of difficult is just like you are in that peaceful state and then you have to deal then you deal with the world waking up and dealing with the world and outside noise and it's about how do you maintain it yeah injection of outside noise yeah it's then it's like how do you maintain that and not get triggered or go off like how do you contain that peace and zen i think mental health is definitely something that's so important and a lot of us have been so uh, like the thing is it's like for me i didn't even realize like you know, at the beginning when everyone's like, mental health, mental health, I'm going to be honest here, I just thought, what's this kind of slogan that everyone's using? <laughs> oh, mental health, mental right. health. Like, But then I think when we went into lockdown, I really struggled just because so much about my lifestyle involves other people. Like right. whether it be like I'm working with an artist or like going for lunches, dinners, like for an event so a lot of so it was it was that kind of self-reflection isolation zone yeah. and I struggled sis I'm not gonna lie to yeah. you at the beginning because I was like there's so much silence here like what do I do to feel this silence but I think it really helped me connect with myself mm. and it's so mad because I've never told anyone this but I was having the most craziest dreams when we went into lockdown like like crazy dreams but it was so weird because I felt like it was not to get too deep but I thought it was like God speaking to me in a really weird way because yeah. like it was like things that had always you know like sometimes uh, you go through things and you don't really close that door so yeah. it was weird because certain things like certain friendships were coming back and certain things that maybe had upset me were coming to the surface and I was like why are all of these things bothering me at a time where all I've got is time, time. to think about it but it also helped me like build a lot of some broken friendships and having those discussions and being like, you upset me or it made me feel like this or you did this to me. Mm -hmm. And you know what, thinking about it now, less subjective, I've been able to be like, okay, I can see where maybe I upset you or my personality is quite direct whereas not everybody can, can take, take directness yeah you know so it's, sometimes it's quite difficult but I think for lockdown it really showed me like 
you can be okay in your own space, you know, as yeah. you can be in your own head. Like, yeah. but also exercise really helped me. Like just going for runs and similar to you, just like waking up and just being like, okay, I might not shower today, but at least I was able to do this. Or at least I was able to write in my journal for a little yeah. bit. Or, okay, you might not have got that pitch for that, but, you know, at least just try again. So it was just really, it was at a time for me that I really felt like I could become at one with what I well, like and yeah. who I like and not yeah. feel without the noise, basically. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Is there any tips that of like anything you could maybe recommend in like how you've been kind of coping through lockdown and maybe anything that you've learned about yourself? Like for me, I'm very self-aware and I, I think also taking ownership of yourself and how you speak. There's just, yeah, account, yeah accountability is, I think, I've like, I have been, like you said, we all we have really during the lockdown, we've all we've had is time and time is really, really precious because you don't get that time back. So we're faced with ourselves, we're faced, and that can be very, very scary when you're, like you said, you're used to like being around other people. Like, but when you're, when it's time to be, when it's silenced the noise and you look and you only can see yourself, you're then confronted with a lot of things. And that's a scary thing to actually go through, but a beautiful thing at the same time, if you're willing to be open and accept what is shown to you. So for me, it's just like accepting myself, even the ugly bits, even the bits that I don't really want to show, but it's there. I've now learned to accept that. I've learned to, yeah, just communication is super key and not to, not to kind of feel on my feelings. Like if I, if someone asks me how you're feeling, how I'm feeling, I'm not just going to say, okay, I'm not going to limit myself. So we were both kind of featured in the, in the big Bumble campaign. Um, last year around black love and in all the years that I've known you I'm going to be honest with you sis your private life has been very very private <laughs> you know so I, I'm not gonna lie I was very shocked when I saw your face dear as the leading face of the campaign I'm not gonna lie sis I was very shocked um but why was it so important <laughs> no when I saw when I no it's so funny because when I saw the notes of you saying very very private like I actually started laughing I was like because we've yeah. not seen Pim it's true Pim. we've not seen Pim so when you were now like the full for the I said give it to them sis talk the things that's how I know you found the one because you, you want to share it with the world but within restrictions why was it so important for you at that time to like speak out about back love yeah I think because I'm in it and it's healthy and I'm happy and I guess yeah I wanted to share that and also I feel like in the UK we don't actually have any real I don't want to say we don't we don't have like any representations of black love we always go to the US like with B and J, there's Gabriel. Like we all, we have other people, but like if you think about, okay, in the UK, who do we have? There's like one or two, or you kind of just like, uh, uh, uh. So for me, I just wanted to, it's like a new conversation that I wanted to be involved in that I can speak about because I'm experiencing it and I want to share it and show what it can look like and what it is. So 
that's where it came from. How do you how do you find that fine balance though? Because especially at the moment where you guys you have been a bit more forthcoming and maybe like you haven't bust the door wide open, but you've put nah. a small crack there, <laughs> so people are peeping through the crack. Yeah. You know, um, how yeah. important has it been to like actually still find that balance of keeping bits private but sharing bits with the world? Our relationship is like it's real. It's a real relationship. Like it's not for the gram. It's not for anything. Like whenever I do post something, it's that. But then like we have a real life, real situation that's going on. And I just feel like it's just important to keep some things a bit sacred and a bit personal because people, when you just, you know, people are, they're ready to like, they're ready to congratulate you and lift you up, but they're also ready to pop you down and put their (laughs) two cents in and find any little things that want to like any little cracks and da 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 like I don't need all that extra shit because in real life shit goes on in real life like but I just think it's important to just I want to be open and show a bit of my life but then also I want to respect my relationship respect something it's something precious to me and then there's just something precious to me and I want to protect it and it's not Unfortunately, it's not for the world to enjoy. It's for me to enjoy, for my partner to enjoy. So it's like, yeah, that's what it is, really and truly. It's not for other people's entertainment. I love if that. If anything happens or if, oh, how come they've been, oh, they was posting for a week with each other. Now they're not. What's going on? Speculation. Da, 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 like, allow all of that. Mm. Like, this is real life. Like, this is for me. It's not for you guys to talk about and be in blogs or I don't know just to kind of round up I've just got a couple of fire questions for you oh I love fire questions okay proudest I can't even talk look at me now so excited gassed off black love look at my life um (laughs) proudest moment of your career so far oh I have two one would be walking for the closing ceremony for the olympics like that to me was just like to be on that stage and have all those eyes and just like representing for the country. Like it was just like huge for me. So that was one. Also, I guess the being on the cover of Italian Vogue, like that was like huge. So yeah, those have been like my proudest moments. We've all been seeing you cooking it up in the kitchen. So obviously I have to ask you, what's your favorite thing to cook? At the moment, cause it does change. It would have to be salt and pepper prawns because it's Dion's favorite. So like whenever I get that, whenever, you know, whenever, whenever I get that, I know I'm definitely going to have smiles on the table. Everyone's happy. And yeah. Um, your favorite place in London? It is my home. I'm going to say home. Yeah, yeah. Your home. Um, when do you feel the most comfortable in your own skin? When I've just come out the shower or from a bath and I'm just, yeah, when I'm in like have my little ritual of doing my skincare and like, creaming up my body like that's when I do feel the most comfortable what is the best activity that you do to make you feel the best about yourself oh dancing like either in my kitchen vibing dancing or in front of the mirror dance like just dancing like yeah that's when I just feel my best and feel my authentic self. I'm just letting it loose, maybe with a drink or two, whatever, but just vibing and dancing and moving. Oh, I love that. And then kind of last up, sis, what's next for you? What are, what are you allowed to tell us? What are we going to be seeing next coming from JD? Um, well, you know what? During lockdown, I've been able to do what I've always wanted to do, which is do acting. So I've been doing acting classes. So that has been great because it's something that lockdown has allowed me to have time to do so that's been really exciting and like it's something that I've always wanted to do way before fashion was ever 
yeah, way before fashion. So like maybe in a in a in a TV series would be cute movie, you know, getting my acting on in there. I don't know why I did that accent, but yeah, <laughs> that's you calling Hollywood sis. Don't worry, we're putting it out. Yeah, that's what it is. Putting it out there in the universe, exactly. <laughs> Cosmic Kitchen ordered that, whipped that up, serve it to me, please. Hey, yes, and just for anyone who has who's not already following you on social media, give them the socials, show them the socials. At, yeah, actual and done on Instagram. I'm about to jump on TikTok because I feel like. Like I need to jump on it, even though it's like I was on it yesterday with Dion. I was like, wait, huh? It looks so complicated, but I'm gonna jump on, so that will probably be the same app. Show us your dancing skills. Oh no, but I don't like the TikTok dances. Like, what is this? Why does it make people look weird? Like they can't <laughs> dance. But yeah, like what is this about? And then I see that people talking about when we go in the club, that's how people are gonna be dancing. Like, no. If that's what it is, let me just keep my backside at home. I don't want to see it. Oh, <laughs> don't. Thank you so much for your time today. Like, honestly, like, from uh, the bottom of my heart, like I said you. at the beginning, like, you're someone who I've always, naturally, like, your energy, I've always been drawn towards you. And to be honest, like, probably, I don't even know if you know this, but you were one of the first celebs that, like, like championed me when I started my brand and like tweeted about it and wrote and like you know and like that's what kind of made the world I think you wore one of my tops with Manny like to fashion week and then like I think yeah, it was snapped at yeah, El Vogue yeah. and then that's what kind of really was the turning point for me so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart like thank you for always supporting me thank you for always supporting my brand like you know the tall girl connection is going to be there for life you know but I, I appreciate you <laughs> see you and I can't wait for the next chapter in your life. I'm waiting for my invite to the wedding because I need to look fresh. I, I can't wait for the, for the wedding of the year. I can't wait for the wedding of the year. So sis, you know, just wanted to say thank you. And I've always wanted to say this, like three multiplied by 10 plus one, Jordan is done. Romeo, done. Jordan is done. Yes. <laughs> but sis, thank you thank so you, much. Babe. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, guys. That's another episode of TTYA Talks incredible supermodel jordan done guys you know love like subscribe all of that good stuff give us a little signal give us a wave and until next time guys we out